Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it I'm back. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic, longtime Sacramento Kings observer, former Kings beat writer. Either way, I probably have played way too much to the Sacramento Kings. Nevertheless, you were back. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast, your latest episode where I talk Sacramento Kings, I talk hip hop, and Whatever else might come to mind. Uh, regular season is over. Of course, the Kings aren't in the playoffs. Uh, we know uh, Alvin Gentry's been let go. But what I want to start today off was uh, talking about uh, Mine and Veneer's press conference today. Uh, today as in Tuesday, April 12th. Yeah, Monty McNair had a press conference to discuss the end of the season, coaching search, blah, 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 blah. And what can I say about the press conference? I can honestly say we learned absolutely nothing. Uh, that's not a diss the way it is. We learned absolutely nothing. I mean, probably for me, the biggest and most intriguing thing was Monty calls De'Aaron Fox Foxy a lot. And I don't know how I feel about calling De'Aaron Fox Foxy, but yeah. <laughs> kind of just touch on kind of the over the, the overview the general of uh, McNair's presser. You know, you got some of the things you would expect to hear. You know, they're going to do an exhaustive search. You know, they're going to talk to all types of people. There was no mention of whether or not they want a you know experienced coach, not you know a new coach. You know, like I said, we literally got the cliche show. So, there's not a whole lot to glean from that. But let me just kind of, just, you know, there's some interesting things. I should say interesting. It's kind of interesting tidbits I took. Uh, times where, you know, like I said, Monty is going to, you know, he's going to be a GM in this case. He's going to say a whole lot without saying anything. He's he's quite skilled at that, saying a lot and not saying anything. It's not an insult, but that's his job. It's the reporter's job to try to pry something out of him, which is not exactly easy. Because Monty is not gonna say a whole you know you know, say a whole lot. But just kinda just kind of to give you some some general things that I took away from what Monty was talking about. But speaking on the coaching search, obviously Alvin Gentry is not back, going to be back. We knew he wasn't going to be back. It's no surprise. 
But he says, you know, there's no time. There, pretty much, there's no time frame in finding a coach. You know, you know the whole idea they're going to do the comprehensive, extensive, blah blah. You know, like I said, the kind of things you expect to hear. And as of now, the in, you know, the the rest of the staff outside of Alvin is still on board, and they get you know with you know workouts eventually coming to the draft, so on and so forth. You know, they kind of have to kind of wait and see. You know, but Monty kind of sold the whole idea that you, know, that, you know, the fox and the ox, you know, you know, I guess that'll be on billboards next year. Kind of, you know, kind of the, the promising future of the Kings, you know, lo you know, looking for, you know, shooting in the offseason, you know, that type of thing. And when it comes to some of the assistants, you know, essentially whoever is hired will have his, have his, Actually, his or her say, you know, you never know, as in terms of who they hire. And what makes this interesting, too, is uh, for me is that there would always been kind of whispers around the Kings that if they ever got a chance to hire Becky Hammond, they would. But in the interim, and some of those whispers you heard over time, Becky is now in Las Vegas in the WNBA with the Aces. Got a nice gig there. You want, I don't, I haven't seen her name mentioned as a, you know, as a possibility for the Kings. I don't expect it, but you hear a lot of the same names, you know, Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, Mark Jackson. I mean, a lot of the names you expect to hear, you know, some young assistants, some guys with experience, you know, a nice mix of all of that. And the question then becomes... What are you getting with Sacramento? And what Monty McNair is going to sell on part is that you get De'Aaron Fox, or as they call as he calls them, you get Foxy, and you get Domas Sabonis, or the Ox. But outside of that, this roster is going to leave a lot to be desired. Uh, it wouldn't be a shock if Harrison Barnes is not back next season just because I think a veteran team, you know, looking for some help, could make a play to trade for him. Like I said, the Kings definitely need shooting. You do have Donovan, uh, not Donovan, Davion Mitchell on the team, and a nice defensive piece. You know, I guess if you still have Rashawn Holmes, you have depth behind Sabonis. But this, the roster leaves a lot to be desired. They, they'll go into the draft with the best player available type mentality, and we'll go from there. And... Just, yeah, I just, like I said, didn't take a whole lot today. Nothing, like I said, nothing really stands out from what we heard today. So it's just kind of just wait and see type of approach, you know. <laughs> Probably the most, the funniest thing to me from the presser was Monty was asked, kind of, is there anything he learned, he's learned in his time with the Kings that he didn't know prior to his arrival? And he said, shockingly, <laughs> how great the fans are about how at the last game of the season there were like then to play for in phoenix there were like 25 fans who made the trip oh excuse me <sighs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to yawn at the comment it just happened that i yawned and maybe that was appropriate i don't know it's like okay you know like i said we didn't learn a whole lot from this presser and 
you know, saying that what you've learned so far is the fans are, are better than you thought is like the right up the cliche alley of Sacramento talk. If you want to try to rally the troops in Sacramento, you tell them how great the fans are. You tell the fans they're the best fans in the world. Blah, 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 blah. But what you really, nevertheless, you know, the, the attendance is declining because guess what? The fans don't want to watch this shit. And I don't really blame them. 16 years, no playoffs. Um, you know, McNair thanked the players for their efforts this season. I'm sure that made some of the more cynical fans laugh. Because some of those nights, you could be like, what were you? What are you thanking them for? But, Monty's got a tough job ahead of him. Got to find a coach. Got to figure out how his uh, front office is going to continue to look with uh, the news that Ken Catanella, who had been around for six years, uh, is, will, will not be back. He was uh, one of the, the last holdovers from the Vlade Divac uh, regime. And... You got to get, like I said, you, you got a draft pick, a lottery pick, you got free agency coming up. You got a lot to do with this team to make it competitive. And as uh, the Minnesota Clippers playing game plays in the background, it just reminds me that that's where the Kings really wanted to be this season. And they're not, in my, for my, when I sit, they're not really close to getting there at this point. Yeah, you got De'Aaron and Sabonis, but. Where that really ranks in terms of, you know, potential star power, you know, who knows, who knows, you know, if they're right now, you know, just not a whole lot to talk about. And so then you go on to kind of what I want to talk a little bit before I transition over to my music talk. I wanted to talk about, you know, Alvin Gentry, who took on the... I don't know if you would say it was thankless. I mean, he did get paid probably, you know, a decent salary, but a tiresome, a tiresome task of taking over this team for Luke Walton, the team that wasn't very good, didn't get really any better under Alvin, and now reports are Alvin will have a chance to move into the front office, which is, I guess, you know, I don't know that that's really a big deal but I think Alvin tried to continue to implement the idea offensively that the Kings want to be a fast team they want to you know keep the tempo going up and down and they did that but you know you know who do you bring in except of all the names that are out there you see a lot of guys I say a guy like an Atkinson who probably is in the family of maybe what Monty believes in offensively but this team needs a defensive coach. They also need defensive players, which makes another, which makes, actually, to me, makes the idea of the Kings looking at a, once again, going to the former Laker coach route feasible and Frank Vogel. To me, that would make a lot of sense for them just because I don't think this group responds well to the Taskmaster type. Well, then again, they don't respond to shit. And let's just be real. And but I think if you can bring in someone with a defensive philosophy and pair Vogel with a good offensive staff to kind of help with that area, a, a coach like that makes sense. You know, you know, it's it's uh, you got to get someone who can you know 
don't just implement a defensive system. Monty has to go get your defensive players. I don't think that, you know, in terms of Alvin's reputation around the league, it took a hit at all with the situations because I think everyone realizes he took over a bad team and he was never really going to, he was never going to be the, you know, the long-term solution. You know, Monty McNair, you know, was going to eventually try to get his own guy in there because if you're McNair, if you're going to go out, you're going to go out with your guy as the coach. So we'll see what happens. We'll see where where they go from here, what they do. But since I get is that, you know, just from history and the things I know about this league, this job is still, I mean, it's one of, they say, they say it's one of 30, which means, which is a nice way of saying somebody will take this damn job, no matter how unattractive it looks. <laughs> but, you know, you do have some things to take into consideration with this job. One, you know, you money-wise, you're locked into De'Aaron as a max player. Sabonis isn't on a max deal. But, you know, so he actually has a, probably the, the, the best bargain of the deal. you got Harrison Barnes. you got Davion Mitchell. You know, but you don't have a, you know, you don't have a lot around that. You know, Rashawn Holmes is on the team, but you don't really have, as I was like I say, you don't have a lot to really work with in terms of depth right now. You don't have a lot of, you don't have defense. And for a team that wants to play fast and speed things up, you don't have nearly enough shooting. So you take all of that into consideration you also have to take into account the rotating door that has been the King's coaching job. If you, you know, you bring all that together, is this job attractive? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the uh, one in 30 rule. Someone will take it. But you have to take it into account. Right now, there's only two openings. And they'll probably change if there's a playoffs going on and maybe some teams disappoint. But right now, the only openings are Sacramento and the Lakers. And as no matter how shitty you think the Lakers treated Frank Vogel and how weird their front office is, you know, the whole Kurt Rambis sitting in on sitting on coaches meetings and all that random weirdness and all that. If you're a, a potential coach and you're out there looking, you say, you know, in some cases, the front offices are similar. You could say that, you know. The Rambus, or they call it the Rambi, between Kurt and his wife Linda. You could say Vivek is just as meddlesome. You know, I think the Vivek being meddlesome thing can be overplayed in certain situations. But you can say that there's front office weirdness in both cases. You can, you know, you know, clearly the Lakers are more financially ham- hamstrung. But the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who are, when healthy... You know, one of the best duos in the game, and I think if you're if you're a coach and you're trying to get some wins, you probably would rather you know take your chances with LeBron and AD as opposed to taking your chances with De'Aaron and Sabonis. And that brings me to my final King's point of this uh, podcast. It's about De'Aaron, and he made a comment in his uh, postseason or end of the season presser where he said, you know. I'm paraphrasing that Deanne Davion, you know, is the you know, clearly basically the hardest worker on the team and the only guy he's seen work harder work harder harder than Davion is Kobe Bryant. And I don't usually go to social media for a take and I'm not doing that this but I thought the reactions to that <laughs> comment were hilarious. 
someone said, oh, I didn't know De'Aaron played with Kobe. How, you know, and but the bigger notion was, you know, De'Aaron also said as well, he knows he didn't play well this season. Outside of the last 20 games or so, he was having a bad season, didn't have a good season. And I got two things from those two comments. One, De'Aaron has always been pretty open and honest about his own play. So him saying he wasn't playing well wasn't shocking because he's always pretty much been upfront about when he's played bad. And he didn't have a good season. I mean, he had a good stretch at the end, but this wasn't a good season. And you think about this as well. You know, you come into the season, you know you need to kind of make things happen, and you don't. And, you know, you come off to a bad start, and, you know, and then there's the injuries. And for his career, really, talk about the the potential of De'Aaron, you know, the potential all-star capabilities of De'Aaron. When you look at his career in totality, what are we really talking about? We're talking about a few stretches that he's had in his career, you know. He had two monster stretches, you know, in year three. He had a couple of nice stretches in year four. But what's really defined De'Aaron's career at this point has been the inconsistency. You know, he either looks like he's an MVP candidate or he's just a guy some nights. And the variation in his play is just something that, no, the Kings can't ever be successful with. It just won't work that way. And just the comment about how hard Davion works course mates drive some fans mad they're like we need De'Aaron to be a leader we need him to be this and this we need De'Aaron to be the hardest working player on the team now I'll say this though also about De'Aaron De'Aaron has never lied and said that he was the Chris Paul of leadership and he was going to be doing this and this and be attacked he never lied and said that I think or I know whether it be the Kings organization itself or just fans or media They've put this that De'Aaron's supposed to be this guy that he's clearly shown that he's not. De'Aaron just wants to play ball. And, you know, he's not going to be that super leader. I mean, his teammates have kind of accepted it, even though, from what I've heard and been told, they all don't like it. You know, they'd rather, they wish he would do like some of the other stars in the league would be and gather the guys for an offseason workout. But they feel, some of them, some of them feel like De'Aaron would rather work out with his, you know, I don't know if he's married now, but you know, his fiance the time they thought he would rather work out with his fiance than work out with the guys. You know, is that fair? Maybe, maybe not, but it just kind of shows you that maybe banking or expecting him to be this 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 you know dynamic leader isn't fair. And that, you know, in back to back years, the Kings have drafted point guards who have displayed rather leadership toughness type the type of things that you want to see from De'Aaron like off the bat when Tyrese Caliburton came in off the bat he clearly had the the leadership intangibles off the off the jump you see Davion come in he's got the work ethic and all those type of things as well off the jump will De'Aaron get them shit I don't know but I do know well he's not going to quote get them it's not going to just happen what the Kings need to do is surround him with guys who can support him as a player you know compliment him and stop asking him to be that guy go find you a pat bev type well maybe davion is your pat your pat bev in terms of you know on ball defense agitator and all that but i just got to chuckle out of all the people who were freaking out about what De'Aaron said because this is really who he's been the whole time it's just that i think there's more frustration because 
there was this expectation that De'Aaron would be an all-star by now, which I think was an unrealistic expectation. There was a feeling that, oh, he's way better than John Morant. When they play, his numbers are better. Gives a damn. John Morant's a better leader in that, you know, because he's, he's galvanized that team, and De'Aaron's still trying to get there. So, enough about that, you know. It is what it is, as they, as they say. And before we move on, talk a little music. I've got a word from you from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. In case you didn't know, the NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook's customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Here's your call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we're back to talking uh, to Ruler of the Court podcast. And going to close out with, you know, this week's musical advice, musical selection, music I've liked that i heard lately. And I'm going to go with, in honor of the Charlotte Hornets being in the uh, playing tournament, I'm going to go with their, their latest offering. You know, peep this out this you know, in the past week or so. Uh, the offering from Dreamville, uh, DJ Drama, Gangster Grill. You know, anytime you can get Gangster Grills and something, it's always a good day. And that's what's out right now. It just dropped, and well, it didn't it didn't just drop? Take that back. It dropped a uh, couple about two weeks ago. And I'm going to give y'all the name of that because I shouldn't be saying all that without that. It's D-Day, a Gangsta Grills mixtape. And in the era of streaming, I think mixtapes should be should be a plenty. I mean, we should be always getting mixtapes in this mixtape era. I mean, in the streaming era because, well, you know, to me, you know, if we all go back to LimeWire and stuff like that, streaming is just, you no know, that mixtapes and all help build that era. And if you get a chance, you know, check out by the from Dreamville, the gangsta, you know, it's like I said, it's called D-Day, a Gangsta Grills mixtape. And what did I like on this? I like the Ghetto Gods freestyle. That has, uh, you know, it's Dreamville, Earth Gang, and 2 Chains. And 2 Chains doesn't get the love I think he deserves as an MC sometimes. And 2 Chains definitely does his damn thing on that one. And you got uh, my boy G Perico and Reason. You got Southern California presenting on the uh, song Hair Salon. Yo. And 
if you you also got you got more you got you know Barry from Simpson you got more uh, two chains on there with JID and Young Nudie, Nudie and you know I said this is a a good you know good mixtape I don't you know mixtape album what's the difference sometimes I can't tell these days but that's my that's my music recommendation amongst new things and if you want to kind of take a stroll down memory lane something I was you know, actually, before I get to there, uh, the new single that people are talking about, Neck and Wrist, Pusha T and Jay-Z. First, Pusha T disses the filet fish for, you know, goes in on filet fish in a song. Now he's got a song with Jay-Z, Neck and Wrist, that dropped last week. Check that out. And if you want a flashback, I was pumping this today. You should, too. Go back to uh, Good Kid, Mad City, uh, Kendrick Lamar's debut um my major label debut that'll be something that you will not regret listening to again i listened to it again and it's just as good if not better than it was when it came out so i will bid you adieu for the rest of your day thanks for listening shout out to the basketball podcast network and DraftKings and all of you who take the time to listen this is jason jones of the athletic this is the rule of the court podcast And I will catch you next time I am out.